This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 102. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now your host, Kristen Trumpy. Tal, welcome to the show. Could you introduce yourself, please? Sure. Um, let's say I'm a normal guy who decided one day to to pursue 100 life goals around the world. It just happened. And um, I gave myself 10 years to do that. And that actually changed my life. Uh, the person I am today is because of this journey. So, yeah, we can delve into that story if you want. Yes, absolutely. How did you come up with a time horizon of 10 years? Because most people get super impatient even after 10 days. Just, you know, we had a, a meeting with, with a, a few friends of mine and we talked about life goals and bucket list and and one of my friends said that he doesn't believe in, in bucket list and the whole life goals um, philosophy because his dad died when he was 40 years old. And uh, at the time I was 30 years old and when he said that something hit me and I said, how would I live my life if I only had 10 years to live? And um, the answer was pretty, pretty straightforward that I wouldn't delay my dreams. I would live more consciously. I would, I would, I would really go for it. And so that's how it, you know, it can, the 10 years came up. But I think if, if, I, can, if I think about t- the 10 years, I think it's a good time to really pursue big goals or big dreams we have. Sometimes like one year is not enough. Um, and actually thinking about a lifetime, that may be too much, you know. So, so I think 10 years is, is a solid amount of time to, to, to develop. All right. So based on your upbringing and things, do you think anything prepared you for actually following through? Because a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people make life goals and um, don't follow through. How, how, how do you explain to yourself that you managed to follow through? Well, the first goal, the first big goal, uh, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, what happened is, 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 I mean, it's just fun. I really enjoy like pursuing uh, big dreams. And when I realized it's so much fun, it gave me the power to kind of pursue more goals. But uh, I think I think it it just really unfolded like from from one goal to another. Like actually, at some point along my journey, I, I decided to quit the whole thing. So it it, it wasn't just straightforward. It wasn't just a, a smooth sailing. Um, like the first goal was so enjoyable that I said, all right, I'll go for the for the next one, and then I went for the next one. It was just more of a journey than like you know something that I knew from the beginning that. That I'll achieve. So you don't think that something from, you know, maybe something your parents taught you or something about growing up prepared you for this? Or you just think, no, it was just so enjoyable. That was all I needed. Um, apart from that time when you, when, yeah, when it got hard. Well, I would say that in my essence, I'm a, I'm a growth oriented person. So uh, I didn't know that at the time, like when I was younger, I didn't know that I'm so growth oriented, but, but it was my essence. So when I think about my life, if there's one thing that that has never changed was the fact that, that I love like uh, challenging myself and and growing. Uh, I think what really changed in in the in in the sense of like the hundred life goals was that I found out that I really love big goals, and that I actually like 
thrive when I set them. The challenge actually makes made me more alive. And uh, yeah, that, that was the big change. But before that, like, you know, I always kind of challenged myself a little bit here, a little bit there. And so overall, I already had the foundation, I guess, you know. Okay, that's an interesting, interesting point. Uh, because the research is kind of squarely on the opposite. The research kind of says, like, start really small, do these micro habit kind of things, and then build up to it. Um, but you're saying, you know what? Nope. <laughs> For me, I needed the big goals. And so that people can imagine what big goals you mean. One of them was the Ironman in New Zealand. Can you talk about yes. that a bit? Yeah, let me just say that, like, you know, when I say big goals, I give myself enough time to have actually small, smaller goals within those big goals. So I, I agree, like, actually, like, you know, having milestone goals that are smaller um, are, are great, a great foundation, let's say. But what I find about big goals is that they have a lot of inspiration uh, when you set them. So when I say they, I mean, like, you may be more inspired by, by having a big goal than, let's say, a smaller goal. Like, let's just take the Ironman triathlon, uh, because you mentioned it. If, if I set, like, a smaller goal, like, let's say, a small triathlon, I may, I may not have the same inspiration or same motivation as when I, when I actually set the Ironman triathlon. It was, like, it was so big, it was so inspiring that I say, yeah, I'm going for it. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to... Uh, embrace pain. I'm going to to experience like certain things or challenge myself basically. Um, specifically, I mean the Ironman triathlon required a lot of habits. It required to adopt a lot of habits, and uh, I'm really thankful actually for that journey because it taught me the power of habits. Like waking up really early in the morning, uh, trekking uh, trekking my time. Um, mustering sleep like you know a lot of like small things that when you join them together uh, created a very worthwhile journey can you take us through maybe what a, what do a three days or a week of um, Ironman training look like just so that people can really imagine what this means well at the time I had a full-time job so I had to train it before going to my 9 to 5, so I would wake up at 5 a.m. I think 6 a.m. I was already in the pool, usually like an hour and a half training in the morning, every morning, uh, six days a week. And then like when when I finished my work, like around the evening, then I went for an hour and a half, either a run or a ride or bicycle ride. So probably, probably I would say like uh, three hours every day. And then on the weekends, uh, it used to be like three hours on Saturday and then six hours on Sunday. So it's it's basically if I if I can summarize it would be like seven days a week training and then like every two weeks there would be one day off. Wow, wow. So what other goals did you have? Uh, like during that journey, during the Ironman journey? No, no, beyond beyond ah. the Ironman. So so you you set yourself one hundred goals. And yeah, so, uh, what yeah. other goals did you have? So I made sure that every year I would have like one big goal. And um, and then every year I kind of transitioned in a different area of growth. So the first year, for example, was the year of socializing. Then the year was the year of fitness where I did an Ironman triathlon. Then the third year was the year of, uh, I call the year of freedom, uh, where I, my big goal was financial freedom. 
And just maybe I'll give an example how I set smaller goal along the, the year in order to achieve financial freedom. Um, one of the first goal was to clear my debt. Then another goal was to generating passive income. Like I think it was $1,000 uh, a month, I think it was. Then, uh, then another milestone goal was to achieve uh, location independence. And uh, then, you know, I reached like the financial freedom just just to show like how I structured it in a way that that supported the big goal. But other years, I mean, I had goals of like, uh, I don't know, learn drumming or dancing salsa in Colombia or Muay Thai in Thailand. I tried to make, make, it, make, make it fun. <laughs> so who were your influences? Because when I started um, reading like those first three chapters that you sent me, I, I, th I was very much reminded of Tim Ferriss. And then a couple of pages in, it says that you mentioned him. Um, can you talk a little bit about your influences on this journey? Yeah, Tim Ferriss is, uh, is, is a good one. Uh, I have to say, when I read the book, uh, The 4 Hours Work Week, I was like, oh, this guy's talking about my life. So it, it was like, I mean, the book was written, but I was already in the journey, on, the, on my journey. Um, he's obviously an amazing writer and a big influencer, and, and uh, he, shared, he shared his lifestyle, which inspired a lot of other people. Uh, other 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 people are Chris Galibu. I don't know how to pronounce his name so well. But <laughs> yeah, he yeah, wrote yeah. The, yeah. He wrote the un, uh, the art of unconventional. Uh, what's the name of the book? I forgot. The art of nonconformity. Yes, yes. And other and an ama other amazing books like Hundred Dollar Startup. Um, so there's there's quite a lot of influencers. Uh, right now, I I don't have like specific people that I follow. I'm more in tune with my own my own inner GPS, and uh, yeah, just go wherever I, wherever I feel to go. So, can you situate us in time? When from when to when were the did this journey happen? And also well, in space, it, yeah. because it's some some of it some of it is in Australia or all of it. Well, it started in Australia, yeah, um, and then it went all around the world until I ended it in Israel, actually, where I was born. Uh, it started like around 11 years ago and ended a year ago, so exactly 10 years. Wow. So how, how was that at the end? <laughs> the end was hard, actually. Like the last goal was to compose an electronic so song, and I really struggled with it. I felt like it'd be easier because, you know, I have all this knowledge of how to set goals, all the, you know, I was connected to certain people, uh, already had a blog that was pop popular, so I could ask for help. But then, like, you know, what I like about challenges sometimes, it, it makes you humble. You realize that, like, you know, you may struggle, but everyone else is struggling, and, and that's okay. That's part of, part, of the, part of the journey. Actually, challenges are not, they're, they're okay if, 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 if the goal is meaningful enough, then a challenge is not a problem. So I think that mindset really helped me um, to, with, with the last goal, which was pretty hard for me. And then, like, you know, when I ended it, I already had, like, a pretty clear direction that I don't want to set another 100 light bulbs. <laughs> so uh, I allowed myself, uh, allowed myself to explore myself a little bit more and decide on, on something that I want to delve deeper rather than, again, like, uh, set too many goals in too many different areas. Right. So now we focus very much on on the habits and also to to certain extent um, on the mindset. Is there anything about those two particular 
um, topics that you that you want to elaborate on? Well, I said mindset. For me, mindset is everything. Uh, I, I used to say from the inside out. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just give an example. So, let's say you want to pursue financial freedom. It's obviously out there, like you know, outside of yourself, the financial part. But if you have a mindset of freedom already, you can attract certain people. You can attract certain opportunities. So, so mindset for me is is almost is it's it's leverage. All right. So, I prefer to start there. And then go and pursue whatever I want to pursue. Uh, let, let, let's give another example. Let's say you want to have a romantic relationship. If you already like feeling in love, if you're already feeling in love in, within, let's say within yourself or, or feel self-love, then it, attracting uh, certain people would be easier. So um, that's why I love mindset so much. I spend a lot of time before I set goals on the beliefs that I hold. So I explore certain beliefs sometimes it's really hard to find like to know what what your limiting beliefs are but my process is to basically use my journey to reveal limiting beliefs along the way and I'll give an example um, let's say let's say again take the Ironman, Ironman triathlon journey and I have uh, some kind of resistance or some kind of a challenge or an, an emotion that, that comes up Immediately when the emotion comes up, let's say a negative emotion or whatever, I would ask myself, what is the belief behind it? Because beyond, beyond every emotion, there's, there's a thought, there's a belief. Otherwise, you wouldn't create the emotion. And that allows me to see the, let's say, the kind of the operating system behind, behind my emotions, behind, behind, behind my behavior. Um, and I do it ongoing because it's really hard to do everything before you start the journey. So a lot of things will come up along the way. That's a good point, yeah. So I wonder about relationships. Um, and, and that doesn't necessarily only mean romantic relationships. I mean, in general, when, when we start a growth journey like this, um, the people around us don't necessarily do the same. And um, sometimes that can that can lead to certain challenges. Sometimes it can also be helpful because it can show you who's really kind of on your side. So what were your experiences around that with the people around you? I would say that was the biggest challenge of my journey. Um, you're right. Like a lot of times, especially if you're a growth oriented person, it means that it will require you to change. And there's a lot of change involved. And if it's easy for you, it may be hard for others. I, I really try to navigate, but a lot of time I had to sacrifice relationships um, or end relationships that didn't, didn't really support me. Uh, maybe I'll share a personal, personal, something personal here. I was married uh, during those uh, 10 years. Like I got married, I think it was year number five or six. And, um, and actually, Three or four years later, I ended the relationship, and uh, that was a real challenge. I actually decided to give up on my, on on this whole life goal is just because of this relationship because it was so hard. So yeah, I don't have the answers here. I would just say it's like it's pretty challenging. But if you if you listen to your again inner GPS, uh, a lot of the answers are already there. Right. So did you meet some new people who were kind of on the same page as you? Yeah, I think you always meet people. Uh, I mean, probably 
before I say always, I would say if you create space in your life, uh, when I say space, if you just basically say, all right, this, uh, this relation doesn't support me, this or this event doesn't support me, you just create space, this vac vacuum that you create, sometimes it is actually pulling the right people to you. Uh, a lot of the time it just it just happens. Uh, other times you have to be active and, and look for those people. I remember that I used a lot of coaches actually. I hired coaches for the Ironman triathlons. I, I hired a coach for uh, to learn surfing. I hired co a coach to learn drumming. I mean, I could do it on my own, but but I figured out that like you know having people with the right experience, with the right mindset, would kind of shortcut my 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 process in in in, in that sense. So, yeah, relationships are huge. I mean, if you have good relationships, you can achieve almost anything. <laughs> How do you feel this has prepared you for, I don't know about you, but to me it seems like we will have possibly some bigger changes in the, in the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years than maybe in the past. Um, so I'm wondering, how do you feel that this journey has prepared you for what's coming. I hope it prepared me. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, even the next five years, just take the, you know, the whole Bitcoin and, and financial changes that, that is happening. Um, we, what, what happens really is like changes become faster and faster, uh, especially with technology. And also with globalization, you know, we are more connected. So information passing pass to uh, very, very fast these days. So I think, I'm, hopefully, again, I'm prepared just because I'm not resisting change. Actually, on the contrary, I like change. And, um, and also another thing is like the whole idea of embracing discomfort or embracing pain. I'm okay with, with discomfort. And I think someone who's not okay with discomfort may actually be challenged because, you know, the world is changing. There's, there's, no, there's nothing to do about it. You know, you can either accept it or, or resist it. So I feel that this journey hopefully again prepared me for, for the changes to come. So, so what do you feel is, of this is transferable to people who might not have um, the circumstances to just disappear? Let's say they have children, as I know a lot of my listeners do. What do you feel is applicable um, that you learned um, back home in a more you know, regular life? Yeah, well, the first few years, you know, I had like a, a very stable home, a stable place. So I can relate that I had a nine to five job and, and all of that. I would say that, um, again, that if we take the whole idea of embracing discomfort or challenging yourself, let's say, uh, consciously, you know, a lot of time we kind of, ch we are challenged and it just happened, but we can challenge ourselves to kind of build that muscle. So I like to, you know, sometimes take like a 30-day challenges. It could be, just a, I'll just give an example. A friend of mine just took a 30-day challenge to record her on Facebook Live, just, just record videos of herself. And, you know, a lot of resistance can, can come out of that. But the gift is the person that is go, she's going be, to uh, become because of that journey. That's the gift. Not necessarily the outcome. Um you know, whether like people like her videos or she's, I don't know, selling something, it doesn't matter. What matters really that she challenge herself 
and now she has she has more insights, more ease, wisdom about who she is, and uh, again, her personality may 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 have developed. So I think that's the key here, really, to to kind of like embrace discomfort, challenge yourself, uh, want to know who you are on a deeper level. So there are some people are a bit, you know, who kind of say like, oh, you hear all these cliches um, in self-development. And what would you say to them, you know, to people who are like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard this before. Well, um, first of all, I'd say that like who you are, like knowing who you are. Uh, and when I say who you are, I mean in your essence, not like, you know, where, you, where you're from, what's your name. I think it's so important, like because when you know who you are, you know why you're here. Basically, I'd say I'd say that if you want to grow, if that's something that if there is a calling, something that calls you to do something or live bigger or or be in a different place or whatever it is, then you would resonate with what I say. Otherwise, like you know, I mean, I don't have. Uh, I mean, you can resist everything I say. You can resist self self help. The whole industry, it's fine. Like There's nothing to say about it. But I feel, again, like some people, it will resonate with them, even if it's a cliche, even if it's uh, something that a lot of people say. I think sometimes we value the, let's say, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, change, I'll change what I'm going to say. I'm, I want to say that. like Sometimes the basic stuff is the most important stuff. The, the, you know, the basic habits. Uh, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? Um, how do you eat? Those kind of really basic stuff. We don't invest in that. We just like take it for granted. Or even like you know our relationship with our family. Uh, we take it for granted. And I and I would say like you know, you know the self help. You can say a lot of things about it, but I feel it's it's still like a good milestone along the way to develop yourself and have a more have a happier life, a more let's say purposeful life. So yeah, the re- people listen to that and, and it, it, it feel it feels that you know they re- they resonate what, with what we, what they hear, they'll, they'll take it further. Otherwise, maybe there will be some resistance. Okay, so you've written a book about all of this. Um, tell us about it. Well, after the you know just before the end of the the my journey, uh, I got a kind of a lot of signs or requests from people to to share more of my my story. I didn't think that I'm actually gonna write a book about that. I, I more I more did it from you know my own my own kind of journey, my own development. So yeah, a year ago, two years ago, I started writing, and just a few months ago, I published it. Uh, it's called The Art of Fully Living, and there's ten chapters. Every, every chapter is for a year, and there's a lot of lessons along the way. So yeah, it's a pretty good book. Been an Amazon bestseller for quite a few months now. And uh, yeah, you can check it out on Amazon. Cool. So, so where can people? No, before I say ask where they can find you, is there anything that you that we haven't touched on yet that you would really like to mention before? Yes, I'd yeah. say uh, happiness first. So this is something I figured out along the way, and I wish I knew it like you know in the beginning of my journey. So usually we we set goals. And we attach happiness to them. We say, if I would, let's say, if I achieve the Ironman triathlon, then I'll be happy. If I, if I, I don't know, have a certain amount of money, then I'll be happy. So we basically delay happiness until we achieve uh, what we want, which is in a way like a, a system, a good system for us to motivate ourselves to kind of achieve our goals. Um, 
But I'd say, like, you know, a better way would be to detach happiness from, from the goal. And when I say detach, it's kind of disconnect the two. And so it's more of pursuing the goal from happiness and not for happiness. So let's say you want to lose weight rather than, like, feeling happy when you lo- lo- lost the weight. Already, like, you know, being in a, in a happy mode even before and not, like, you know, it's basically separate the two. I feel that it's really, really important. And also I'd say once you do that, like the setting big goals would be easier because a lot of time we are not setting big goals because we, we're afraid of the disappointment or we're afraid that we uh, would you know, not achieve that and there would be certain emotion attached to them. But if you disconnect the emotion, then like you can pursue anything. You can really go for, for anything because you know, you're not afraid of, of that. So happiness first would be a big, big lesson, I feel like, you know, for someone who's going for for a journey similar to mine. Yeah, or even people are not going on a journey. Actually, (laughs) just living your daily (laughs) life, like happiness first. I want my breakfast to be awesome. I don't want to listen to, I don't know, news or the TV that's just depressing or something like that. Yeah, and and I'd say another thing, like, uh, you know, it's not jumpy happiness. It's not like happiness, hey, like, you know, it's, it's this contentment where you're, you know, you just feel content even with the challenge, even when there's pain, even when there's, um, you know, things don't go your way. You're, you're kind of like in a more accepting mode and, and feeling content about your life. And, and from that place, you make the changes or you set goals or, you know, you go after what you want. Yep, I would, um, I would agree with that. And also uh, contentment, I mean, the jumpy happiness, I love that expression. The, the jumpy happiness is nice every once in a while, but I think, uh, and I, I assume that's what you were trying to get at, that people kind of expect that and overlook um, the more lasting and maybe more sustainable benefits of contentment. Yes, yes, that's a better word. And also maybe I say another thing here, there's a, a lot of people want excitement, and I, I also like excitement, but I would say there's a better word than excitement, uh, which is aliveness, which I've heard from, from someone uh, I really, uh, like a mentor of mine. And he taught me to, you know, sometimes that, you know, not to pursue excitement because when you're too excited, you don't see everything. You're almost like blind. Uh, and when you feel alive, when you feel alive in your body, that's a more peaceful kind of excitement. It's a more, it's a more, there's more awareness, there's more present, you're more in the present moment. Uh, so I feel those words sometimes are important just to kind of distinguish what are you really after. So where can people find you interested? Well, they can Google my name, Tal Gur, <laughs> or uh, Google The Art of Fully Living, which is the book, or Fully Lived, which is my blog. So, say, could you say the, the website of your blog? Yeah, the website is fullylived.com. Fullylived.com. All right, cool. Yeah. Tal, anything else? No? Yes? No, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt. <laughs>